Boom! Maryland lands Amir Camacho. You are a Locked On Turf, your daily podcast on the Maryland Turf. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? I'm Trey Moore, host of Locked On Terps, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, new potential hires can feel like high stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on columns. Terms and conditions apply. So Maryland stays hot on the recruiting trail and lands another big-time recruit yesterday in three-star lineman Samir Camacho. He is from Texas. He had other offers, and he chose Maryland over Duke, TCU, and Texas A&M. It's always great to beat out some of the top programs in the country like Texas A&M and Believe it or not, TCU was in the national championship game last year, so it's great to beat out a team that made it to the national championship last year. Shows how we're growing as a program. And to beat out the local team like Texas A&M shows a lot of improvement and are just overall recruiting and all over the country. And he had almost 30 other Division I offers, so this guy was a guy that a lot of people wanted. He is 6'4". 290 pounds and still has room to add weight and get a lot stronger. So he's a big dude. Um, he's got all the size you want. Um, I think he could probably play guard or tackle in college. Um, um, I expect him to play tackle down the road, but I'm not sure. I think he can play either one as long as he gets stronger. And he's the seventh offensive line commit in our class and was a first team all district player on offense and an interesting thing about him that a lot of people don't know is that he actually competed in the discus throw for track and field which is interesting you like guys that can do multiple sports especially the discus and track that translates a lot to playing offensive line you got to be strong um It's a really athletic thing you have to do. So that can definitely help with playing offensive line in college. But it's impressive that he's a multi-sport athlete um, running track and doing track and field and also playing football. I want to read to you a quote that he said. Um, Coach Locks, he's a great coach. He comes from Alabama. That's one thing about why Maryland won out. They play an Alabama offense overall. Him in the coaching staff and the team environment is pretty good. It's just somewhere I lean towards more. I love this quote from Camacho because it shows that he feels comfortable as a Maryland Terrapin. And that leads to another quote that he said, I felt at home. It was an outstanding visit. The hospitality. It's a family-based team. Something that stood out to me was Coach Locks. The staff and everybody there is building a championship team. I hope to be part of it in the future, and I haven't decided on schools. Well, now he has, of course. But Maryland is definitely on the top right now. Um, I want to touch on the championship thing. A lot of recruits are saying Maryland is building towards winning a championship. I don't know if that means a national championship or a bowl game. I actually think Makai White said that 
Maryland's going to win a national championship soon, which is interesting. I don't know if we're there yet as a program. Hopefully we get there one day and couple of years down the line maybe but right now we're not there but can we compete at a high level bowl game I think so I think that's exactly what we're building towards but I think what really stood out to me about this quote is some of the things I've been talking about Maryland's culture that it's building and what coach Loxley has built it's a program that people want to be a part of because they enjoy it keyword family based um, I saw the Terps at the Ravens game the other day on Instagram, and they look like they love each other, the way they interact. It's a family-based team, and that's what Coach Loxley has built. I want to go back to what Talia said about leaving Maryland. Why would I leave Maryland if I have everything I want here, even for money? I could go somewhere else and be less happy. So it shows that Maryland's building a program where people just enjoy being part of it. I think Bo Bray talked about it on the Big Ten um, broadcast that this is a family. Deontay Banks, when he came back and visited during the spring game, was like, I wanted to be here because I wanted to check out my guys because I love those guys. He didn't have to be there. He just got drafted to the NFL, and he's coming back to watch the Maryland spring game. And I know he had plenty of stuff to do. We'll touch on Deontay Banks later, by the way. But it's that family culture that Maryland's building. We might not have the best recruiting classes yet. We might not be the most talented team yet. But Maryland's building that family atmosphere that players want to be part of. And we're improving. Um, but I want to get into a little bit of Samir's game. I watched his junior film yesterday. And I came away actually really impressed I'm surprised he's only a three star in ways because he kind of has everything you want as an offensive line man he can move really well for his size he's really athletic when you get when you saw him get out in space he could be he was a great puller on the offensive line and he can get out and open up lanes on screen passes that dude can move for his size. And he did play at only 260 last year, junior year. It is now up to 290. If he continues to look that good and move that well, then maybe he could boost his recruiting um, profile to maybe a three-star guy, to higher three-star guy, to maybe a borderline four-star guy. Who knows? But I honestly thought this guy was super underrated. Um on film I think he can work on his um, feet a little bit but it's not that he necessarily is slow feet I just think he can work on them a little bit um but he can definitely be a contributor down the road and he also finished blocks really well if you saw him on film continuously over and over again just mauling guys finishing them bringing them to the ground um, you didn't see very many lazy blocks on film, which you wouldn't expect unless you're watching the whole game. But he's just bringing guys down, mauling them. So he's a big dude. And he was clearly just bigger than everyone then. But he can definitely still add weight, like I said. And he's the number 19th recruit in the class. But we are not done yet. There's still a couple recruits that Maryland is still after. And in case you missed it, Jalen Harvey, the four-star edge. I wanted to make sure I touched on him today. 
He released his top three today. Or, excuse me, he released his top three on Friday between Penn State, USC, and Maryland, of course. Penn State has been the favorite for a while now. I've talked about that. It says he's Crystal Ball's uh, Penn State on almost all the websites, 247 Rivals, wherever you look. But the interesting thing is that he was supposed to commit on Friday, but instead he just released his top three. I've heard rumors that his family is pushing for Maryland a little bit or pushing him to take more time in the decision. But if he was ready to make the Penn State decision, he would have made it on Friday. So it shows that maybe USC or Maryland is making up ground in some way or both to make it a more competitive race. I'm not sure if we can get him over Penn State, but he will be one of the best recruits in our um, 2024 class, and he would be a huge addition. Um, but so would be um, Ernest Willer, the four-star defensive end. You can't forget about that. He doesn't have a lot on his recruitment. Nobody really knows where he's favoring towards, but it does say Maryland is hot, and he's from the DMV area, so maybe we can pull through. But depending on how Maryland finishes out this recruiting cycle, they can have one of the best classes that Coach Loxley has had yet, maybe the best class yet, or it could just be a good, solid class that you would kind of expect probably above where you would expect where the program is kind of heading towards, but it could be either one of the best or it could be a still very good class, but obviously not as good as it could have turned out. And I think that'll rub off on to next year. So one of the, one of college football's biggest analysts had some compelling things to say about Maryland football We'll get into that next after this message from LinkedIn. These days, new potential hires can feel like high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team right away, faster and for free. A lot of people need jobs right now, and if you want to find someone amazing, for your company, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for team for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right. So we're back. Greg McElroy, one of college football's biggest analysts, had some bold statements about Maryland football. So, Greg said that he named a bunch of guys on different programs to give you some backstory. And he gave, like, a breakout candidate for a team. And he gave a team MVP. And no surprise, starting with the team MVP is Talia for McElroy. He said... Now, he kind of single-handedly changed what they're doing right now. Guy was an all-Big Ten player a year ago. He had great efficiency numbers. He played really well against Ohio State. Top five QBR in the Big Ten, threw for 3,000 yards, had 67% completions. And another thing, too, is I felt like he was more mindful of, hey, I can try this. I can try that. I can try this. I can't try that. It felt like he was a lot smarter player last year in 
than he was a year ago. So it's an interesting quote by Greg. And I do say I do disagree with some of the things. Obviously, Talia is a huge part of the Maryland program and is probably the most important player or is the most important player. But I would not say single-handedly change what we do. That has definitely been a combined effort between Coach Locks and the whole Maryland staff, um, the whole Maryland program overall, all the players. Obviously, Talia has a big stake in that, but I wouldn't say single-handedly it was just him. There's other guys around him that really helped. Um, And an an interesting thing he said was, he was a smarter player last year and in prior years, which is interesting because if you do remember, Talia technically by the stats did regress last year from 2021 to 2022. His 2021 season was actually better. He passed for nearly 6,000. I mean, not 6,000. 6,000 more yards would be insane. For 600 more yards. Um, but overall, he did have better stats in the 2021 season than 2022. But he, Greg, seems to think that Talia did get smarter, which I'm not saying isn't true. I do agree with him in that way. But if you look at the numbers, if you look how he played the whole year, Talia did technically regress a little bit. Now, I mean, we're nitpicking a little bit. He was still an all Big Ten player. But by the numbers, he did reduce and regress a little bit. But the OSU game he talked about last year, how well he played, and that is going to have to be a thing this year if we want any chance of beating those guys. We know they have dudes on the outside, Marvin Harrison, Emeka, and Buka, and have any chance of beating them, which, by the way, this year I think we do have a really good chance with their quarterback battle and not having C.J. Stroud anymore. Um, I think we can get them possibly, but they're still going to put up some points. That's just the way it is. Ohio State has too many good players not to score a lot. Hopefully our defense can get some stops. But at the end of the day, Talia is going to have to put together a really good game and score some points. So he had another interesting quote to say about Maryland um, winning the Big Ten and said, I don't envision a scenario where they can actually get to the top of the Big Ten. I don't envision a scenario where they can overcome the challenges of playing in the league to the point in which they can get to a Big Ten championship. So this absolutely contradicts what Coach Loxley says. Coach Loxley was all about winning the Big Ten championship, saying that we're now in the state of a program where we're ready to win a Big Ten championship. But Greg McElroy does not think that we're in that state yet. And I mean, to be honest, I agree with him in ways. And what were the challenges that he was talking about? He didn't name them specifically, but I can tell you what he was talking about. He was talking about the offensive line and the defensive line. Can we stop the run? Can we get enough pass rush? That has been the question for years in Maryland football. And the offensive line, we talked about it on last podcast. Check it out. The offensive line is not where it wants to be right now, according to Coach Loxley. They're a ways away from finding a starting group. So that's kind of, I think, the challenges that he was talking about, even though he didn't technically specify. But I do kind of agree with him in that I don't know if we're quite ready there yet. Um, We might still need a couple of recruiting classes, high-level ones. But I do think we have somewhat of a chance. Um, It's not likely at all. But 
if things roll our way and we get a couple of upsets, then maybe possibly we can win the Big Ten, but it's not going to be easy at all. And another quote I want to read is um, he stated that, but I think Maryland's one of the those teams that you don't want to play and that they could probably be anybody in the league as well as catch them on the wrong day. Good luck because Maryland is going to give you a dog fight. Okay, that is exactly what I agree with. I think that's kind of where we're in the state of that we can take down one of the big three and that if anyone underestimates us, we will give them, namely Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, we will give them a dog fight. Michigan saw it last year. Ohio State saw it last year. And I expect Penn State to see it this year. Underestimate us and you will get a dog fight. I think that's just where we are as a program. We have really good players. I don't know if we can compete for the championship quite yet, but we can definitely take down anyone in the Big Ten for sure. So I definitely agree with that statement from Greg. So Greg named two potential breakout candidates. One was Tyrese Chambers. He talked about how great he was at FIU with 1,000 yards and nine touchdowns. Talks about him as a deep threat and averaging 26 yards per catch. But I totally agree with what Greg is saying. Tyrese has a chance to be an explosive weapon and a breakout weapon and show that he deserved to be in the Big Ten and he should have been a higher-rated recruit all along. Um, but I think Tyrese could be an X-factor this year for the Maryland offense. He could take it to a different level. If you have Jayshon Jones, we know what we're going to get from him, one of the best route runners in the Big Ten, one of the best slot receivers in the Big Ten. Um, Caden Prather, we know he's going to be a really good player on the outside at 6'4", but Tyrese Chambers has a chance to complement those guys perfectly as a third wide receiver. We know there's other guys down the roster like Octavian Smith, Shalik Knotts, Ty Felton, but Tyrese Chambers is the leader for the third wide receiver spot. So he can definitely be an X factor this year if he can build an early connection with Talia. But Tyrese isn't the only breakout candidate, Greg stated. He thinks a freshman can make a big impact on the offense and Rico Walker. So if you don't remember Rico Walker, he's a, he was a highly rated recruit from last year. Four-star guy on 247 composite rankings. This I want to read this quote. From Greg about Rico saying we know that Corey Deitchis is going to be the starter we know he's going to be the number one but Rico Walker's an athlete he's one of those guys who can split out he's one of the top rated recruits in the past signing class just keep an eye on him he can make his way onto the field there as a true freshman so obviously like he said Corey Deitchis is a number one tight end he's one of the better players in the Big Ten, one of the best tight ends in the country, I think. But if you watch Rico Walker in just the spring game and on film and how he moves, that guy has a chance to be one of the best Maryland players for the coming years. And I do think he'll get um, some time this year as a freshman. I think if you look at him and Preston Howard, those two guys are kind of battling for the tight end two spot. But I totally expect Rico Walker to um, play right away. He can split out. Um, he can play all over the field. He doesn't move like a tight end. 
And depending on how much weight he um, put on and how he is as a blocker, that will depend on how much he plays. But in the early season against Charlotte, against Towson, I expect to see him a lot to see what he can do. But an interesting thing about him, both him and Preston were actually recruited at other positions. Preston Howard, the other tight end who's competing for um, tight end two spot, he played quarterback in high school, while Rico Walker played defensive, a lot of defensive end, also played tight end, of course, but played a ton of defensive end in high school and was actually recruited as a defensive end. And a lot of people thought he would come here and play defensive end, but he's at tight end. How did the Terps in the NFL perform this weekend? We'll get into it after this short break. The Terps show that they produce high-level NFL players this week in the preseason, starting with the Terps' number one pick from last year, first-round pick from last year. Deontay Banks had himself a great opening preseason game. Deontay squashed all the doubters. Um, in case you didn't know, a lot of people were saying that he was having an up-and-down camp, which he was. If you saw some of the clips on Twitter, obviously the clips on Twitter aren't going to define someone's um, how they're playing, but he was having an up-and-down camp. That's what all the reports said. But he shut that down in his first preseason game. Banks played 37 snaps, and PFF had him at 20, 20, 22 coverage snaps, three targets, zero catches allowed, and a 39.6 passing rating allowed. He had one clip, if you saw online, of him um, shadowing a wide receiver where the wide receiver tried to run a comeback route on him, but he was right there the whole time and pretty much ran the route for the wide receiver. And if the ball was thrown that way, he might have gone the other way for six. Um, so he was a really impressive player overall in his first preseason game. Um, and I also expect Deontay to be a starter and watch out for him as a potential Defensive Player of the Year candidate. Um, and then DJ Moore, if you missed it, had an awesome play in his first game with the Bears. Took a screen pass all the way for 62 yards. And everyone expects him to do some big things with the Bears this year and have an awesome season. Jacorian Bennett has shown up in camp so far. One of the quotes said, it wouldn't be surprised if Jacorian Bennett played right away and potentially start week one. He could play the slot or you could play outside for the Raiders, but he had two tackles and had a solid game himself in the first game. Um, but he will definitely start down the road if he doesn't start right away. Jake Funk, the former Maryland running back, um, scored a touchdown for the Colts. And with the Jonathan Taylor thing being weird right now, maybe Jake Funk could push to make the team and potentially get some carries down the line. Who knows? He also had 10 receiving yards. And you can't forget about Anthony McFarland. The Terps running back had an explosive run, um, and he had three carries for 18 yards. But the most interesting thing was Coach Canada, the Steelers OC, says he deserves the right to get snaps this season. So... Anthony McFarland has obviously impressed the Steelers staff because they have two running backs in Najee Harris and Warren that are really good players. So if McFarland is pushing at snaps with those guys in line, he has shown up in camp 
which is really good for him. But that's all we have for today. Thanks for listening to Locked on Terps. Please like. Please subscribe. See you next time. Bye.